0: We are back at it. Welcome back to the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined by Kyle Schefter-Porter. We have some big news coming out today, broken by Pistols Firing Blog and Kyle Porter and Kyle Boone. Glenn Spencer out as defensive coordinator. OSU has confirmed the news. So I guess first off, Kyle, just congrats on breaking a big story. and, And what can you tell
1: us about it? Yeah. You know, I, I talked to some people, Kyle Boone really did a, a lot of the legwork on it, but uh, I talked to some people and they just, he had, uh, apparently texted the staff on Thursday and, and told them uh, not positive on this. I believe he had traveled out to North Carolina for the coaches convention. That's where a lot of coaches are this time of year. Um, and, and there had been some, some chatter about him, you know, pretend, you know, I, I think that's where a lot of, this stuff more or less happens. You, you meet people out there and you kind of build some relationships and stuff. So uh, I'm not positive on that, but believe he was uh, traveling out there, which is why he uh, had texted the staff. But yeah, it was a move that I, it's not, it's not, I mean, it's big, but it's not totally surprising, I guess. I mean, how, how surprised are you by everything that, that went down?
0: I'm surprised by the timing, but the way you like, because I thought for sure he would wait till after signing day, uh, the the late the February signing period that is. But the way you describe it, him going out to Charlotte, it makes a lot of sense. In that Mike Gundy can say, "Hey, Glenn, we're not going to retain you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm at this coaches' convention. This is going to be a, a great chance for you to find another job. So do, I'm going to do this now. So like when you go out there, you're going to have an opportunity to, because a lot of people get jobs at that convention, right? Um, not just not guys that are just unemployed either guys that already have other jobs take other ones just from mingling out there. So I think it Mm -hmm. from that angle, it makes a lot of sense for my gunny to do it. But, but I am surprised that he made the move before signing day.
1: Yeah. You know, it's a different type of signing day though, as we talked about because they've already got what 22 or 21 of their guys or 23. I don't know. They've, They've got room for a couple more. And so it's not one of those things where, you're waiting on all of them and it's a mass exodus, you know, you're, you're, you're needing to get two or three more guys into your class. So I I agree with you. The timing is, it's a little bit weird. Um, but I think the, the new signing day really kind of benefited Oklahoma state in this scenario. That's true. How many,
0: how many scholarships do
1: they have left? Just a couple. I think it's two uh, Boone, yeah. Boone did a post on this cause they had, they had a weird deal where one guy came in in August, but it was counted towards 2018. So I think they signed 22 and then he was 23. And then I think they have two left.
0: Okay. Well that, that definitely makes more sense than I didn't think about that, that they had such few scholarships left, but yeah. I think it's necessary. I said at the end of the year that they needed yeah. a Dana, Dana Holgerson like hire uh, as far as just changing your entire identity. On the defensive side of the ball, we're gonna, a lot of names are going to come out in, in the near future. But I just I think it was a necessary move. I, I like Glenn. I think he's a great guy. Obviously, he was a lot of fun to cover. He's just a soundbite uh, general, <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> uh, but but the the move was necessary. The the added recruiting emphasis they've had on defense is noticeable. The, the level of talent improvement has been noticeable. The results have kept dropping off, and I think that was just unavoidable for Mike Gundy. And I think it's a move that has to be made. Um, And I think it's very similar to 2009 when they hired Dana Holgerson to just kind of create a new identity on offense. This time they needed on the defensive side.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you and it's going to be a really interesting hire. And, you know, I think, I wrote a little bit about this earlier in the week, but going into kind of 2018, your primary uh, football storyline is obviously Spencer Sanders. Well, now you've got kind of a one B storyline because not only are you going to have a new defensive coordinator, uh, depending on where they go to get this guy, you might have a completely new defensive philosophy. And so it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating. I'm excited about it. I think um, change is always uh, exciting. It's, it's hard. I mean, it's obviously going to be difficult for, I mean, if you, if you've been around, obviously you and I have been around it a little bit and seeing the way the players and Glenn Spencer have affection for one another. And just, it, it's, it's clear that, that they, you know, love each other and it, and it's a cool relationship. Um, but it's also, it's a business and it's a job and, you know, obviously, Mike Gundy didn't think that uh, that Glenn Spencer was performing up to where he sh- should perform as the Oklahoma State defensive coordinator. And I think, to be fair, the numbers kind of show that. You, we were talking about this off air, but um, you know, Spencer's points per drive given up, other than the first year, which was maybe the best defense in school history in 2013. They haven't really been that good, especially when you compare them to his predecessor, Bill Young. So I think it's a completely fair firing, but it is kind of a, a sad thing to see somebody like that go.
0: Yeah, and, um, and, and it, I think when Janine Edwards suddenly retired, you know, ESPN yeah. offered her a new contract. I think, I think I had that thought. The first thought in my head was, well, maybe, maybe Glenn will be let go and they can just spend more time with their family and mm-hmm. maybe that was writing on the wall early. I don't want to speculate on that. It's just That's the thought I had whenever I saw uh, Janine Edwards was retiring. I was like, well, Glenn's going to be pretty busy. I mean, college yeah. football coaches are busier than most. So, you know, maybe this can be a good thing for Glenn. He can hang out with his family. I know he had a rough period there with his wife passing away, and he's got he's got kids and all that. So you, you hate it from the personal side of things, obviously. But uh, you and I are pretty much agreement on a move needed to be made. Now, the, the name that you threw out a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago that I think is going to be the name everyone's talking about is uh, the, the TCU defensive coordinator, Chad Glasgow. Yeah. Oklahoma state alum. He's been with Gary Patterson for 16 years. I mean, if anybody knows the TCU defense, it's gotta be this guy. And And that's kind of what another point I hit on during the season was, Just go find, like, what is TCU doing that's so much different than OSU? I mean, TCU does not recruit at a different level than Oklahoma State. It's not like they recruit like they're Texas or OU. They recruit a very similar athlete to Oklahoma State, but yet their defensive prowess is night and day better than Oklahoma State. Now, a lot of that's Gary Patterson. He's one of the foremost experts in that realm, and he probably calls the defensive plays. Chad Glasgow probably doesn't, but that's a good place
1: to start. It is. It's a really good place to start. Steven Mandeville did a post on that, and i got to give him props for pulling that name out. I did not know that, that Glasgow was a he, – he, I believe he played at Oklahoma State, I think in the early 90s, maybe mid-90s. So he's definitely, uh, like you said, a, a place to start. How, how did, I'm curious about this. How disappointed are you going to be if they hire um, somebody internally?
0: Like Joe Bob Clements?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that would be your kind of your only option, but
0: yeah, I mean, I would be very disappointed because I just, again, I I think, you know, they promoted Glenn from within and it it didn't work out, uh, had that great first season that you mentioned, but the the results went right back to what they were used to. So I just, I just think it's a, it's a like the coordinators have come and go now. Right. And it's the same, same old story, you know, can't get off the field on third down give up huge plays and give up a ton of points. So I I think it's time for, to bring an outsider in just like, like I keep mentioning Dana Holgerson that, that cannot be understated. When, when Mike Gundy hired Dana Holgerson, they just gotten shut out against Oklahoma and scored Mm -hmm. one touchdown against Ole Miss. The offense was broken. Yeah. Well, the the defense, I don't want to say it's broken, but it certainly is not playing up to big 12 championship caliber levels. And it's time to just bring someone with new, fresh ideas and, See if that works. So I, I would be totally against, and it's nothing against Joe Bob Clements. I think he's a big time coach. He comes from Kansas State. He doesn't come from Bill Young. I don't want to make it sound like he's just another Bill Young. He comes from the Snyder coaching tree. Uh, more importantly, but and maybe he could, maybe he would bring different philosophical changes. But just from an outsider looking in, to borrow a phrase from Gundy, I, I just I think it's time to go outside the the Gundy bubble.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you about pretty much all of that the 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 one the one caveat the one thing that sort of sticks out to me is you said Big 12 championship caliber level and the team that just won the Big 12 championship had a had a worse defense statistically uh, in terms of and it was much worse in terms of points per drive now you that's not the end all be all stat no matter how much i prop it up and so you got to look at turnovers you got to look at the whole thing but how do you sort of reconcile the fact that OU had a worse defense and just Came within, uh, you know, one play of basically playing for the national championship.
0: Well, did they have a worse defense strictly in Big Twelve play, or does that include non-conference play? That's that's
1: non-conference as well.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, they they played Ohio State, who obviously much better on offense than anybody OSU played in, in non-conference as well. But I mean, I, I guess I, I understand your point, but again, they gave up. OU gave up seventeen to TCU. They gave up. Uh, who, who are the better teams in the conference here? West Virginia. Would they give up to West Virginia? They gave up 31. So I mean, uh, Kansas State the team that she gave up 42. They gave up 35. I mean, I the, I, I understand. By and large, they were probably worse on defense, but in November they certainly weren't, and that's yeah. when you—that's when you're going to win the league.
1: And that, and that's a good point. Is that I think that they seem to Oklahoma State's defense seemed to get worse as the year went on, and OU's didn't. And and the other part of that, and, and this is what—not to bring him back into this—but Baker Mayfield almost dragged a pretty mediocre to bad defense to the national championship. I mean that. I, I think people are sort of underrating not only how good o- Oklahoma State's offense was, but OU's offense was historically good. And so I, I think that you have to factor, like, and and this is the hard part about this, right? Like, Gundy, you're looking at the team and you're like, "Wow, Oklahoma State went ten and three, and wow, they just fired one of their coordinators." That seems crazy. Can you imagine going ten and three in like 2000 and firing a coordinator? Like that would have been insane but the the reality is when you have the number 2 offense in the country when you have one of the two best offenses in the country you should be going at least 10 and 3 i mean that should be kind of your floor and so you have to look at each side of the ball individually and I, and i think that's what gundy's doing here
0: well i think expectations have changed haven't they in stillwater i mean i think even just back in 2009 2010 even back then, the, the expectation wasn't to win the Big 12 every year. I think now that's that's kind of become the expectation, fair or unfair. And I think you know, Glenn was given ample amount of time to make a real difference on that side of the ball, and it was just the results weren't there. Uh, but, no, I mean, there's a reason OU might be getting rid of their defense coordinator too. I don't mean to make it sound like oh, OU had some great defense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Mike Stoops will probably get shown the door too for the very same reasons that, that Glenn Spencer did. Uh, it was an embarrassment against Georgia. Guys just running wide open on, on or not even untouched for seventy-five yards.
1: They should just trade defensive coordinators. <laughs> <laughs> just see, just see Mike what Stoops happens. Mike Stoops
0: and orange would be interesting, wouldn't it? I guess yeah, Brent I'd... Venables. Brent Venables, his orange is looking pretty good in Clemson.
1: Yeah, how much would Oklahoma State have to pay him? Like more than Gundy, more or less than Gundy is <laughs> what I was <laughs> yeah, going to say.
0: About the same. About the same.
1: Uh, we we should uh, we got some mailbag questions to get to. Um, do you want to? Is there anything else you wanted to to note about the uh, the firing of Glenn Spencer?
0: Oh, I mean, I, I don't want to do the warrior poem today. I don't think that would be right. The guy just yeah. lost his job. I don't mean to make light of that, but we got a. I'm gonna miss the warrior poems on Twitter. He, again, he was super fun to cover. Bill yep. Young. Ne- Bill Young never said anything. I hated covering Bill Young, but Glenn Spencer was fantastic to deal with, and I'm, well, you- I'm gonna miss interviewing him.
1: I mean, yeah, Glenn Spencer and and Todd Munkin at at the same, um, I guess, I guess they weren't, they weren't coordinators at the same time because Munkin was out after 12 and and Spencer was hired in 13. That's right. Yeah. So So they were, they were never. So I
0: ignored Bill Young and went and and I literally left back to the future (laughs) tread marks running after Todd Munkin (laughs) to interview him. That's, that was 2011
1: or 2012 for you. That's great. Uh, Okay. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's toast. Um, we're going to do a toast. It's time for the Coop Alworks Toast of the Week. Coop brings bring great-tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the Bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the Refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. If you're next watch party or get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coop Works, and please remember to drink responsibly. Uh, Carson, who are you toasting this week?
0: I'm going to toast a Grand Porter Stout because he needs it to Mike Boynton. Uh, he's. I think mean, he's doing. A, <laughs> I think he's doing as as good a job as he can. I just think he's very limited. Uh, but it is refreshing to hear him speak so honestly and uh, so forthright. I mean, he said he called the win or the loss to uh, Kansas State on the road gutless. Uh, it's been he's been a lot of fun to listen to. I mean, he's, he's you know so many coaches don't say what they really think, um, and he's refreshing. Uh, to, to listen to and I again I think they're playing about as well as you can with what he has obviously their, their defense has fallen off I think that's the reason he was most disappointed is they're not gonna win games unless they play defense uh, so that was disappointing but I I want to toast him because uh, I think he's done a pretty good job so far
1: did you think he went a little too far with the gutless thing
0: uh, I I didn't say think it was like the best thing I'd ever. I, I, I just I cringe a little because I I think these guys are kind of what they are. You know, it's not as if they had Jawan up there and lost. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so I yeah I get I understand that aspect of it. I just appreciate a coach who goes up there and speaks his mind and doesn't just give us cliches. I guess that's where I'm coming from. But I but I do cringe a little when he when he calls out his players because I, I think they're doing what they can. I just, they're very limited.
1: Well, but and the flip side of that, in in his defense, I guess, is he is he's praised them a lot, you know, like like when other people haven't, like when people have been down on them, he he's like, my guys are pretty good, and he's done it publicly and he's done it consistently, and so I I think you can get away with it uh, as long as you are a correct, and I think he was. I mean, I saw a quote from Jeffrey Carroll that basically said, I mean, he said we got exposed, and they did, and. Boynton called him on it and I, I think that as a player as long as you receive that affirmation from your coach and as long as you know he's for you and on your side um, I think you can get away with it I think you can do it uh, not all coaches can do that but I think that they I think Boynton has proven himself but I don't know we'll see the, the next The next month's going to be interesting because they got some I mean every game in the Big 12 is obviously tough but you know it. they're kansas state and iowa state are two of the easier teams to play so it's not it's not getting easier um so i don't know it's going to be intriguing to see where they go from here yeah i agree who are you toasting Uh, i'm going to toast glenn spencer um i don't we probably haven't toasted him a ton on here because uh there haven't been a ton of great defensive performances the tcu game last year or in 2016 comes to mind um texas in 2017 was pretty good but A DNR to him uh, because he might need it right now. But I just, you know, we have a different perspective on things uh, being uh, in the media and covering these guys and whatever. And so it it might not always resonate with with fans. They might just see the results and be like, man, this guy stinks. And granted, like the, the numbers weren't great, but he just gives a crap about his job and about the people that are at his job. And even about the people covering him. Like he, I just always appreciated that he cared and it's not like he's writing us thank you notes or anything like that, but he just, he understood the way everything worked and he cared about it and he cared about the people around him. And I, I, I can't ask for much more than that from a, from a coach or from a player or anybody that I cover. So uh, a toast to him and hope that uh, he lands on his feet and has a successful rest of his career. Did you ever have one of those moments where he stared a hole through you? Well, I was a little concerned at the golf tournament last year when he stared at Boone, Kyle Boone, because he, <laughs> he didn't know who he was. And then finally he said, you do a good job. And I was like, <laughs> wow, I thought we were about to get thrown out of here or
0: something. <laughs> you thought you were going to say, how the hell did you get in here? <laughs> aren't,
1: aren't you that blog? did you how did you have one of those moments where he he stared at you
0: only every time i asked him a question he he would (laughs) you'd lock eyes and it was like a staring contest he would stare a hole through me i had a funny moment at texas this year you were there yeah uh he he quoted he quoted a movie i think it was oh oh it was legend of bagger vance which i haven't seen um and he he quoted it and i said what movie is that for He, he just quoted a movie I said, "What movie is that from?" And he whipped his head around, and and I'm I'm literally like a foot away from him, right? like <laughs> eye to eye. He's like, "You haven't seen that movie?" And I paused. I was like, "I'm embarrassed to say I haven't." <laughs> and he, he kind of looked around, like for affirmation from everyone else. Like, "You guys, you guys seen that?" And he, and he kind of. He kind of looked at me side-eyed and then, and then answered, <laughs> continued to answer the question. So good.
1: It's so good. So we, it,
0: we had a moment there about legend of Bagger Vance,
1: him, him and him and uh, Mike Yersich both ha- have a tendency to kind of just stare at you after you ask a question. And it's, I think it's for different reasons and <laughs> it's, it's never a great, it's never a great feeling, but uh, I don't know. He seems like a good guy and uh, just, just best of luck to the rest of his career. Yep. I agree. You want to get to the mailbag? yeah let's do it uh or did you want to take you want to uh, bang out unis real quick or do you want to do mailbag
0: yeah let's talk unis
1: okay let's get to this week's uniform review brought to you by chris's university spirit your one-stop cowboy shop on campus corner and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com um basketball unis
0: the black ones they, they wore them yes they wore uniforms they did. um I, I don't mind the black ones i actually kind of like the black ones um the brand doesn't bother me as much as I think it bothers you. I, I kind of like it um, because they, I mean, they wore that in the mid 2000s. I kind of got used to it there. I think they should wear black exclusively on the road. I think it sets a, I think it's a mentality thing, you know, wearing all black, uh, going on the road, hostile environment, and I just think it looks so much stronger than the orange does on the road. Um, I know they've. I know they've kind of gone to wear an orange at home and away, but uh, I'm trying to pull up a picture of it right now if it sounds like I'm babbling. Here we go. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind it. I, I would like to see, you know, the, the collar has an orange trim around it. I would, would like to see a little more symmetry with that on the shorts. I don't see any orange on the shorts at all other than the swoosh. So I, I think they, they could have done a better job with them, but I, I like the black.
1: Do they really not have orange on the shorts? I don't see any.
0: Maybe on the waistband, but their shirts are untucked. in This picture I'm looking at.
1: Huh. Uh, yeah. I, I. I'm I'm no, I don't. I don't see.
0: All they have is scary Pete.
1: Oh yeah, you're right. And, and huh. black,
0: uh, black bandana print, which I could do without. Yeah. Yeah, I but just, doesn't, it. Doesn't it seem like they're
1: they're wearing like their game uniform with like a practice short? More orange and less bandana print. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. I, the the brand is fine. Um, I, I love the cowboys and uh, the on the whites on the white jerseys, but I'm okay with the brand. I, I don't I don't hate it. I'm not crazy about it. I, I think it looks fine. I, I did want to ask you because uh, this is something I noticed last night. It seemed like every picture I looked at, the guys were wearing the uh, like tights. Like like Kansas State was wearing white. Uh, Oklahoma State wearing black. Do you like that look on a on a basketball uniform? It basically looks like you're wearing pants on the floor. Do you like that or no?
0: I like it when it goes down to like the calf. I don't like it all the way down to the shoe. I don't like it like that. You know, like Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant have been wearing those forever. It's kind of become the norm with NBA players. They all wear the the tights under the uniform. So I've come kind of gotten used to it. I'm actually wearing a pair right now that go down to the calf. I know you've, you've worn a few pairs too, but yeah, uh, I wear it, wear it to work out in.
1: I love them. I love working out in them. If, if there's, they're awesome. This is the weirdest conversation we've ever had on a podcast. Maybe. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but I'm a little,
1: I'm a little I, uncomfortable. I like, I, I like the look too. I think it looks cool. And and the NBA has gone to allowing uh, colored ones this year, like your team colors. Yeah. Which is but great.
0: you're a, you're a proponent of like the halfway down yeah. to the knee just below the knee not necessarily yeah. all the way down
1: yeah the ones that go like into your shoe I'm I'm out on that looks that that looks like uh that's that's amateur hour like that doesn't look great amateur or amateur Am- amateur
0: even Am- covering too much golf amateur yeah the U S amateur <laughs> amateur hour. <laughs>
1: Uh, okay. Let's move on. Uh, we got some mailbag questions. We got a bunch. You, I believe are on the site and I, we got some on Twitter that I'm looking at right now. Um, so do you want to, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, let's go. Uh, can you rank,
0: this is from Chris Baker. Can you rank the following in order of most likely to be the defensive coordinator? Joe Bob, Michael Reed, Les Miles, Larry Johnson, I assume that's not Grandma Ma. Bob Gregory, Anthony Campanelli, or other? I don't know who any of those guys are other than Joe Bob and Les Miles. I think
1: uh, Grandma Ma. Uh, I think Larry Johnson is at uh, Ohio State. Is he? Well, who would you... Uh... He's the defensive line coach at Ohio State. Okay. I, well, I don't. Th- I, I don't think he's coming, but... Yeah, I have no idea. Les, Les Les Miles is not going to be the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State. <laughs> He's an offensive line coach. <laughs> I mean, but to that to that point, what what's the what's the philosophy that you want to see? I know we've talked about copying TCU, but I mean, do you want to see a, a really aggressive Oklahoma State defense? Do you do you want to see a, an Oklahoma State defense that uh, you know defends? the deep ball better like what, what is it that you're looking for as a like from a philosophical standpoint for a defensive coordinator
0: yeah I, I'm not sure I go back and forth on what defenses I prefer I really like the 3-4 against the big 12 because it's just it's a little more there's a few more options with the passing game but again it leaves you susceptible to the run I think I'm pretty much a standard 4-3 guy although I with Oklahoma State if you're not going to recruit at a certain level I wouldn't mind running some kind of funky defense people don't see. You know, West Virginia, I think, used to run the, the 3-3-5 a lot. They, they still might. I wouldn't mind seeing that as a curveball hire maybe. Uh, 3-3-5, I think, is a good fit for the Big 12, just what they do. But I think ultimately I, I would just run a standard 4-3 defense and let the chips fall where they may. That's that's kind of what I would do. I don't know if I would go out on a limb and hire a 3 5 guy or a 4 a 5 guy. I know they ran some of that this year. But uh, I would just go hire the best defensive coach I could find or the best one I could pay enough. Um, yeah, I'm not sure who that is. I don't have, like, a Rolodex of defensive coordinators. <laughs> but, uh, no, that's, that's kind of where I come from
1: on it. Good. Dip back into the well in Shippensburg? Yeah.
0: Is Gundy going to get on the Googles and just search for a defensive coordinator again?
1: Oh, I hope so. Uh, speaking of coordinators, this is from friend and contributor. Friend of and contributor to the blog Adam Want, Derek Dooley just signed a nine hundred thousand dollar a year contract with Missouri. Is Mike Yarosich at six hundred thousand a the best value ever? B the best value ever or C the best value ever? <laughs> D none of the above. None of the above.
0: I mean, they hired him from Shippensburg. They could have paid him like sixty grand his first <laughs> first couple of years.
1: I mean. It was I still baffled
0: they were paying him 500k when he would have would have walked barefoot from Shippensburg to Stillwater.
1: Well, considering that the number one offensive coordinator in the country was making a 3 mil last year, Lincoln R- or the the offensive coordinator of the number one offense, Lincoln Riley, ma- who's their like other do they have like a co-offensive coordinator? How does that work?
0: No. I mean, Kale Gundy is up in the booth. But just like, he's not trying, to,
1: trying to keep Mike Stoops under control or what?
0: Basically, they sit right next <laughs> to each other. So, I mean, to throw Lincoln, Lincoln out, he's the head coach. Like, that's why he gets paid $3 million. Right.
1: So uh, you essentially have the coordinator of the that's not a head coach of the best offense in the country. But at the same time, I mean, you read that. Uh, I, I wish I could remember who wrote it. I think it was Adam Rittenberg of ESPN on the relationship between Gundy and Yersich and how he hired him and everything. And the, the Yersich quotes made it sound like, man, I, I owe this guy everything and he does. And so you could sort of, I think, get away with paying him less. I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm glad that OSU doesn't, that would be kind of a bad look, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, well,
0: the he's a value now. I mean, I was making jokes when they hired him, but I mean, salaries are getting out of control, Kyle. I mean, they're paying defensive coordinators now nearly $2 million a year. So I'd say it's a value. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's the best value ever. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Well, one guy was ready to rip Spencer and then realized he got let go. Uh, Who will have a more successful career in the NFL, Sam Darnold or Michael Dixon? (laughs) That's a totally random one.
1: That is bizarre. Uh, Probably
0: Michael Dixon. I mean, I'm going like go, to go Darnold because I don't know if he can do the... like. Have you seen one guy in the NFL do the rugby punt? I don't know if you can do that in the NFL. I mean, I think legally you can. I'm just saying like the edge rushers would annihilate you, I would think, at the NFL level.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that'll be that interesting. Wouldn't be, that I would just, not be
0: pretty if Ed Reed was... Or I guess Ed Reed's been retired for like six years. Um, <laughs> if... Uh, Earl Thomas was coming off the edge, which they, they play a lot of big name guys on
1: the special teams. I I watched Darnold at the, at the uh, cotton bowl though. My gosh, like I, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, like he'll make like one out of every seven throws is like, wow. Okay. That's, that's awesome. Like, I don't know how many guys can do that. And I guess that's what people see, but the other six, you're like, what the hell? Like, what, what am I watching? It's just yeah, he.
0: I I've never understood it. I've talked about it all year. Like he, he led the nation in turnovers, and people think he's awesome. I don't. I just. I don't understand. If he didn't play in L.A., I don't. I don't think he'd be that big a deal.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, we've got. Has the basketball season? This is from Kyle Cuthran. Has the basketball season peaked with the Florida State win? If not, what can be fixed to scrape scrape together wins in the Big Twelve? Um, I don't. I didn't believe the preseason polls that had OSU last, but I'm starting to think that they knew what they were talking about.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think they've peaked. I think they're going to have a few wins in the league we don't see coming, but I think they have to play. You know, I don't say elite defense, but very high caliber defense to have any chance. They need Jeffrey Carroll, which we've discussed, and they also need Kendall Smith to to play like an acceptable Big Twelve player. Uh, he is not been good at all at point they don't have a point guard right now other than Averett did a nice job off the bench uh but kendall smith they got to get more out of him I, I think he he looks the part he just has not performed at to the standard of big 12 play and it's it's been noticeable so i think if they can get him going uh, i think they can spring a few wins that we don't see see in the in the future.
1: Yeah, I think you said it. I think, you know, they're they're basically saying their calling card is defense, and yet they're ranked on. I'm looking at Ken Palm right now. They're ranked higher in offensive efficiency than they are in defensive efficiency. And I think, as we all have seen, their their offense isn't that great. So I, I don't know what that says about your defense. If and they've just got, I mean, Iowa State scores what 87 points on them. Kansas State scores 86 points on them. That that's not. That's not a great defense. I know the Big 12 is hard, but if that's who you are, then I i don't know. I, I, I find that to be a little disconcerting for the rest of the year.
0: Yep, I agree. Uh, let's see here. Would you rather – this is from Seth. Would you rather Mason Rudolph go number one of the Browns or follow a team like the Redskins at 13, Chargers at 17, where he has a stronger supporting cast? Someone has to lead the Browns back to prominence. Why not Rudolph?
1: Do do people think that Rudolph's going in the first round?
0: Uh, some do. Some think he's going late first. I mean that that mock draft had him number one overall to the Browns. Do you think that? No, heck no. Um, I think he might go. You know, the last couple picks in the first round, with teams maybe trading up into the late last two two or three picks, we see that a lot of teams trading out of the second round up to the end of the first to go get a quarterback. So I could see him going there. I could see, uh, I could see him going the second round. That's, that's my prediction. I don't think he's going to go in the first.
1: Yeah. I, I, I think second or or third or something like that. Of course, we're just talking about Sam Darnold and I don't really understand that either. So to be fair, I, I don't totally understand or know exactly what NFL teams are looking for. And you know, like it has been said a million times, it only takes one team to want you.
0: Well, and um, we we watch him a ton, so we you know yeah, we see yeah. all the flaws probably more so than most. And I, I think a lot of his flaws will come to light just in throwing for teams. I think his accuracy is probably his biggest detriment. But I do think he's almost become underrated. Uh, he led the nation in to t- passing touchdowns. He he was he had a, a million touchdowns accounted for, both running and passing. Uh, he had a really good year statistically, and I, I think he's. I think he should be talked about. I think he's as good as Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold, but I I don't think those guys should be considered top ten picks either. Yeah,
1: yeah. But um, it's always
0: better. It's always better to slide to a better team. I, I remember I always remember uh, Ben Roethlisberger like being visibly upset that he fell to ten and went to the Steelers, who were a really good team. They just had a bad year. And I was like, Ben, what are you doing? You're going to a really good team, and he like won the Super Bowl like the next year. So like,
1: it's always better to fall to a good team. Yeah, totally. Uh, I'm I'm out of Twitter questions, so I'm I'm relying on you for the on the, for the site questions. You don't have a computer? No. Well, I, the, there there were only like five or six, and I kind of ran through them. There's more than five or six on the website. No, I'm talking about on Twitter.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, why is Gunny content with having a defense as a liability every year? That's obviously dated. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> that didn't age well. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, this is a good one, Seth. Again, who are the top seeds in a Coop Aleworks eight beer tournament? Who makes the finals and who's the Cinderella story?
1: That's that's fantastic. Uh, hold on, I gotta I gotta get them all in front of me. I, I I'm gonna I've got a Cinderella winner for you, but um, okay. the the number one the number one seed is probably uh I guess the F five
0: uh yeah that's their i think they sell more of those than all the rest combined so that's definitely the number one seed
1: i gotta put the vader as a like a
0: top three seed yeah let me let me get there uh i would put f5 number one i would probably put horny toad too
1: okay
0: elevator oh no 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 dnr's too
1: No, what about what about uh the tyrant siren
0: that's that's a cinderella story waiting to happen my friend
1: (laughs) but the dnr
0: is like people know about the dnr i think it's a top three seed too so we'll go yeah what do you mean don't don't know i don't i don't love it well just because you don't like it doesn't mean i mean dnr is like on tap a million places like i heard a dnr before i heard f5 just just leave leave the oklahoma beer to me okay we're gonna go. Are you there?
1: Did I lose you? Yeah, no, I'm here. Sorry.
0: Okay, F five one. Uh, we'll go. Okay, we'll go. You want Vader two?
1: No, you can go. You can go uh, DNR two.
0: DNR two, Vader three, Horny Toad four. Yep. Uh, Native Amber five. Native Amber five, Spare Rib the Pale Ale six.
1: Yeah, and then I would go Saturday Siren seven and Oktoberfest eight. I would agree. Those are that's a solid top eight. Although the Alpha Hive, I don't think I've had that, and people have said it's pretty good. Yeah, I haven't
0: had it either. Um, that could be that could be the playing game. <laughs> <laughs> Alpha Hive could play uh, Oktoberfest in the playing game.
1: My Cinderella sleeper is uh, is Oktoberfest is going to go George Mason and get to the and get to the finals. Okay, the orange can helps it. I'll yeah. Say that. It's great. It's so uh, good.
0: Saturday Sirens in my final 4.
1: Well, I mean, you only have to win one game to get into the final 4. Well, that's true. Uh
0: <laughs> it's in my it's in my, title, it's in my title game against uh the Elevator Wheat.
1: Yeah, that's a good title game. I like that. I, I'm going to say Oktoberfest is in my title game playing Uh, well, I guess it knocked off F five in the first round. So I'll say, I'll say Vader as well. Vader versus Oktoberfest for the, for the title.
0: Yeah. And I think Vader Saturday siren had a great run, but I think the Vader wins.
1: (laughs) This is awesome. I, we should get paid extra for this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) let's see here. I, I pulled it up now. Um, ooh, this is a good one Seth is just carrying us today <laughs> If Trey Young had committed Oklahoma State instead of OU How far in a march would this Oklahoma State team play? Oh They'd be Sweet 16,
0: Elite 8 caliber That's how good he is I do think that they don't have as good a bigs as OU I think McNeese and uh, are are pretty solid At least on the defensive end Solomon's been good though. I, I got to give credit to Mitchell Solomon. He's really played well, and he's kind of turned into the player I think Travis Ford uh, recruited. He really has. He's he's blossomed a bit. Um, yeah. He's still not he's still not a superstar, but he's he's played very well. Um, I agree. So I, I would say Sweet Sixteen, maybe Elite Eight.
1: Yeah, I I do think OU's supporting cast is is pretty good. You, Brady Manick, the freshman that had thirty or twenty nine against Oklahoma State, and and the two guys you mentioned, they're they're. Are pretty solid, and Young just M- makes Magusty,
0: them. McGusty, McGusty, Doolittle. Uh, yeah, uh, the Texas Tech coach said Odoms is one of the best players in the league. that nobody talks about, so wow. they, he has a lot of he has
1: a lot of help. Yeah, um, that's depressing. Okay, we need to wrap this up. So let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, and then we will come back and close things out. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop stilly. Shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson. uh, Any final thoughts on kind of a wild Oklahoma State Day between Glenn Spencer and Boynton, uh, you know, talking about the Kansas State loss and everything? Just what are your your takeaways from it all?
0: Well, I think it's – it's a it's a good move by Mike Gundy. I think it shows that he's not content. It's not you know, I think his actions speak louder than his words. You know, he acted like 9 wins was a was a great year. I think deep down we know that it was a disappointing season. Yeah. Considering the team they had, and I think this shows you that he was disappointed. I mean, Gundy's shown that he's not afraid to make moves at defensive coordinator and he's done it again. So I I give a lot of credit to Mike Gundy. It'd be easy to just say, you know, we're going to keep status quo, but he, he makes a solid move. And again, I appreciate Mike Boynton's candor. Uh, I, I think the team kind of is what it is though. So we'll, we'll see if they can scratch out some wins that, that we don't see coming.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that's a really great point about action speaking louder than words. I mean, I, I think, I think Gundy said that, uh, just to, just for expectation purposes, like 10 winning nine games in the regular season is hard and it is generally but this year was different and what he has done on january 11th kind of shows that he thought that as well and uh, so yeah uh gonna be an interesting few weeks and or, or however long it takes for them to hire a defensive coordinator we'll be covering it uh on pfb and we will talk to you again what are you doing this weekend oh just hanging out watching college basketball i guess uh big game in stillwater on saturday yeah it'll be fun Uh, i'll be i'll be in stillwater next saturday for bedlam so oh okay that should be uh that should be entertaining the trey young show hopefully the the jeffrey carroll show will be reignited but
0: um hopefully we see some curse of cowboys for you you can see it in person
1: fantastic yeah it'd be awesome awesome you might have to uh
0: I'm going to have to use your, your sources to get into the equipment room, snag a pair of shorts.
1: <laughs> that might be the end of my credential days. Um, <laughs> Probably. Okay, Carson, we will talk to you again at the beginning of next week. Sounds good. Have a good weekend. You too. See you.